listening to On The Road with Sultan and Ned Shepherd. Sultan is in the house. Ned Shepherd is in the house. You're on the road with Sultan and Ned Shepherd. Welcome back to a brand new edition of On the Road Radio. I'm Sultan. I'm Ned Shepherd. We got great song selections coming up your way from Jack Yu, Clean Bandit, Morgan Page, Tritonal, and many more. And we sat down with Tegan and Sarah, who of course are featured on our new song, Make Things Right. Amazing people, we really love them. And of course, they're incredible musicians, a great band. Um, we talked to them about what their life is like on the road, what they've been up to, and just general shenanigans. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Kicking things off, we have something really, really fresh yeah. from this guy called The Avener. It's called Fade Out Lines. Check it out. You're listening to On The Road with Sultan and Ned Shepherd. It's everywhere I look. That's fixed on right here Under your dresser Bye bye It's creeping in sweetly It's definitely here There's nothing more deadly Than slow going fear Life was full and fruitful And you could take a real bite The juice pouring well over your skin's delight The shadow it grows And takes the death away Leaving broken down pieces To this priceless ballet the shallower it grows, the shallower it grows, the fainter we go into the fade out line. The shallower it grows, the shallower it grows, the fainter we go into the deeper down. If we build all those bridges, don't watch them thin down the dust, or blow them voluntarily out of constant trust. The clock is ticking, it's like a couple of clocks, and there won't be a party. With the weather in front, the shallower it grows, the shallower it grows, the fainter we go into the fade out line. The shallower it grows, the shallower it grows, the fainter we go into the fade out line. Heading deep down, we're sliding without noticing our own decline. Heading deep down, we're hanging on to Oh, oh, oh. 
next, Galantis with their brand new single, Gold Dust. You're listening to On The Road, On The Road, On The Road with Sultan and Ned Shepard.
are listening to Above and Beyond's latest single, which we love. It's called All Over the World, featuring Alex Vargas. We heard these guys play at Madison Square Garden, and it was phenomenal. Very inspiring show. Make sure you listen to this song. You're listening to Sultan and Ned Shepard's Plus Track of the Month.
Up next is the brand new collaboration we have with Tegan and Sarah to make things right out on Spinning Records. Hope you like it. You're on the road with Sultan and Ned Shepherd.
Welcome back on the road. I'm Ned Shepard sitting here with Sultan. And on the phone, we have some of our favorite people. What's up, Tegan and Sarah? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on your incredible podcast. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's a it's a treat. It's yeah. a real treat to have it you really guys. Is. It's really cool. Um, and obviously, you know, we're super excited about the song. I'm really happy that we got to work with it. Everyone's like, you guys did a track with Tegan and Sarah. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah. <laughs> no, but people are like really stoked about it. That's great. Well, we're really excited. Everybody that's heard has been excited. And... For me, it was a really exciting experience because obviously we worked on Drove Me Wild together, which was fun to have more like Tegan and Sarah vibes. And I liked that you guys gave me lots of feedback when we were working on Make Things Right to like write something really optimistic and positive and like reminded me that this wasn't a dingy club where people are sad and holding their beer. Like it's like you guys, your life is one party really. And it was nice to write something that had meaning, but also was really uplifting. So thanks for writing with us and creating this awesome song and putting something positive out there into the world. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> Are you crying? Stop crying. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> it's always interesting for us to know what your first gig was like. First gig? Yeah. Like ever. Yeah, ever. The first time you guys ever performed together in front of people, not in like your house. The first thing we ever played, not at a party or at our house, was um, we entered a contest at the University of Calgary. We were still in high school, but we entered it anyway. They didn't have an age limit or anything. And we submitted it like a cassette tape with a bunch of songs we'd recorded at home. Um, kind of on a whim, our cousins suggested we do it. And then like two weeks later, they called and they were like, you've, you've been entered into the contest and now you've made the semifinals. And we were like, <laughs> whoa. And they were like, you're gonna play with like, six other bands and then if you get to the finals you win like recording time and all the other bands were university or college students like from you know the city so we didn't think we were going to win we showed up and it was literally our first time ever playing to an audience that wasn't friends and family and won wow that's awesome yeah how old were you guys 17 and then we went and played the final and we won that too um and um, I'm not sure that we were truly, truly, truly better than the other bands, but I think we stood out a lot and because we were twins and we were singing, we were very passionate. We had all our friends and family there. The review afterwards in the college paper called our family and friends um, Beatle Maniacal. And they kind of, I always remember the quote where they said like, we had oh so hip piercings and Beatle Maniacal fans, but they weren't saying it in a nice way. Um, but then almost immediately, like, you know, industry picked up on it and flew us out to Vancouver and we played it at New Music West, just like the CMJ or CMW of the West Coast. And um, and we were still in high school, so my mom told us kind of to wait until we graduated and figure out what we wanted to do after that. But we, at that point, had established in our own minds we were going to be superstars. Because <laughs> right, you already had, like, fans and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the response was quite... It's like it was quite exciting. Like, I think superstars was like exaggeration, but we definitely it was it was the last sort of thing we needed to really. We had already sort of both had doubts about doing post secondary education right away. We both, we we really had it sort of in our minds that we wanted to be creative and travel and and there was a lot of emphasis on going to school and academia in our family. My mom had gone back to school as an adult to get a degree and she was like, do it when you're young and it's fun and don't be losers and you know, whatever. And we were like, 
we want to travel, you know, we did, we, we sort of had a whole other vision for ourselves. And then it was like the context was kind of the thing that made us go like, see, we are good at this. Like we should do this. This is like our, you know, we're, this is our next mission, our next step. And it took a long time. Like it didn't happen right away, but it gave us a small little glimpse into, you know, the future, which, which we did eventually get things going and get signed to a deal and start to have a reputable, you know, career. But it really, we thought it was going to happen like the day we graduated high school. And, it was and I think it was very significant that our first shows were contests that we won because if we just gone and played regular gigs like a regular band, we may not have had that momentum or excitement that we needed, but there was something about our first professional gig being contest that we won and the excitement and the coverage. I mean, we got like the cover of a music magazine and CDC came to the, our high school and filmed us. And it was like, it's probably everything I would hate now. If I thought a 17 year old, <laughs> like when we got attention, I'd be like, I hate those people. <laughs> 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 but it really motivated us and made us think like, it was so earnest and it was, yeah. hard. it was, we were really legitimately stoked. Everything was happening, but the good news is that it didn't actually happen. Like we, we did sort of go back to the start and have to like play the track and get gig around and, you know, make a record and fund things ourselves. And we really learned the business, the, I think a very appropriate way for an 18 year old, you know, to, when they just get out of high school, I think it's like really important to understand the business from the inside out. and. Even though we probably thought we were going to get to skip a bunch of steps and like things were happening, it just, it didn't happen. So we had to go back anyways and do it all over and it was probably the best thing that happened to us. Is there anything else you guys would have like academia-wise gone to study or something if it wasn't for the music? You know, what's so funny is I still feel really strongly that whatever would have happened with our music career, I, I, whatever choices I was going to make at 17 or 18 in terms of school, we're going to be wrong. I, I mean, when I think about now, like what my interest was, and also just like the the understanding, understanding the scope of what was available for people like us. You know, I think we do have, there are things innate in us um, at 17 and now at 34, regardless of our music, the music industry, there are things that we're very good at and that we naturally sort of, um, uh, sort of excel at and I wouldn't have known that at 17 like it took the music career to realize like oh we're really good at running a small business we're very uh we love finance hacks we're very um structured and we although we're artistic we're really good at like seeing things through and like we're we're public people we're really we could have been like maybe I don't know teachers or politicians or something like I would have been like I would probably wanted to be a writer or done like an English degree or something. And I love those things, but I don't know that those are necessarily where I excel, you know? So I'm so glad, even if we had sort of like bombed and didn't have the career that we ended up having, I feel like we would have realized, wow, we love business. Like we want to be in the business of something and we love details and whatever. And I just wouldn't have known that at 17. The one thing that, you know, obviously when we sent you guys a lot of music and you wrote on a lot of stuff, we were very impressed with the fact that you really understood like a lot of the dance music arrangements and it felt like you guys really got dance music and obviously worked with Tiesto and David Guetta. Um, and it made me sort of wonder like what, was there ever a record, like a club record or a dance record that you guys heard, could have been a long time ago, could have been recently, that you were just kind of like, this is cool. Was there something, was there like one song that kind of clicked you into that or was it just like you guys were like, oh, this is music, music is music, it's kind of the same thing. 
Well, it wasn't necessarily dance music, but there was a radio station in Calgary when we were growing up that got popular for a couple of years called Mix 1060, and it was on the AM dial. And they played everything from Soundgarden and, and Nirvana to Erasure and Depeche Mode and um, in excess. And so, like, that was sort of, I mean, our parents were into some of that music, but I think Mix 1060 made it cool for our generation to listen to that kind of stuff. And I remember when always the Erasure song came out, like all of a sudden I was like much more interested in that music than I was in the grunge music we'd been listening to. Like we got really into that whole movement, living in Calgary, being close to the Pacific Northwest and our rooms were plastered with Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana posters. But I think that was when we started to be interested in music that was more electronic sounding. And you know, in Canada, obviously all those dance mix, um, what were they, the, the much music dance like CDs or whatever, like we owned all of those and we would absolutely... Also like that, like that punk was really popular and yeah, it was like the mid 90s, right? So like all that stuff was coming out, but I can remember listening to it, remember that, that's your face, that song or whatever, and like, and we would listen, like we would listen to that at parties and then put on Green Day and Nirvana. I mean, yeah. it was so strange our how eclectic our group of friends music tastes were. We did have a lot of, we did have a lot of influence from people who were, because we listened to a lot of the, like rock, rock music that was happening at that time, but most of our friends in our social circle were going to raise, like the electronic music scene was massive in Calgary, and there was a really, really awesome underground rave scene, and so we listened to house music all the time in our social settings, like, um, and then to see it sort of, the mainstream version of that, like, you know, we, like Radiohead was really popular, but then the next song on the Much Music Countdown would be like Underworld or something. And it was like, you know, we were really, we, we didn't really uh, differentiate between like, well, I'm only listening to this or I'm only listening to that. Like we just were like, oh, we love all of this. And like, like that song, like I remember when Around the World came out and it was like, that was just the song that we listened to on repeat. But yeah, we were like grunge kids with like size 36 pants and like wearing like skate shirts and skate shoes and stuff. So it was it was a cool time because we could really what we were being I think drawn to was melodies and and dance music. What I always really loved about well electronic music in general is if there's gonna be if there's gonna be a hook, it's gotta be a, a like a, a like a bulletproof rad hook. It's not nobody's gonna listen to something and be like, well, oh, it's subtle, it grew on me. Like it's just it either grabs you or it doesn't. And even though maybe it isn't the highbrow electronic music that some people had, we loved like, um, you know, Rhythm is a Dancer and Mr. Vane. And like, we loved that stuff because it was so hooky. And you would hear it and then you're just like, you, it was at like all of our junior high dances and you know, whatever. And I just remember thinking like, that stuff is so hooky. It's like right in your, it's like an earwork every time. So we really, yeah, we had a lot of that growing up in our lives. And now again too, like I feel like we sort of, left electronic music for a while like i didn't listen to a ton of it when we were first starting out in the music industry but now i think i only almost exclusively listen to like big pop music and like electronic music like that's it i pretty much stopped listening to anything with a guitar like it's it's safe for like maybe half a dozen things that's just my ears want right now you know just the record Sarah, yeah. people online always blame me for our move towards dance music and pop music, and I'm always like, it's Sarah. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's my cat, really. She's a bit, she's a bit yoga only right now. Like, every time I'm she's like, she's like, meow. Really, you know. Like,
Is the cat gonna go on tour on the next tour? <laughs> oh, I really hope the cat can come. I just I want to get one. Our business manager told us the other day that I'm allowed to get one if I want, and then hire someone to take care of the cats on the road. And I was like, I floated home. I was so happy. I never felt so much joy. My two, my two real fears about having a pet on the road is first of all traumatizing it. Like I don't think cats are very. They're, they're such like they're not dogs in that. They're way. not dogs. Like I feel like it would be a really strange thing for the cat. But then I also really worry about the cat getting lost. Like the whole thing with the house is that if my cat were to get out, she knows the scent, she knows the place. Like I can find her. My biggest fear is like some a hole, like leaving the bus door open or like her getting out, and then it's like I don't know. Like that really makes me feel afraid. So I just think it might be too selfish. Also, she's outrageously cute, and I feel like I would have to like, I'd have she to get a bodyguard. No, I mean, yes, that's absolutely true. The, the fans are trying I feel like I'd have to do like, I feel like there would be like a uh, a legal dispute if I tried to take her from my girlfriend on the road. <laughs> like we'd have to like, she would be really sad. I think in the morning, there's a lot of cuddling happening with the cat. So I don't, I don't know if she's going to be that into me taking the cat full time. So what are you guys listening to? Like, what's a song that you guys really, really love right now? One of my friends just sent me a song that I've had on repeat the last couple of days. Eric Castle. Um, I know this song. Talk about it. I've been listening to that like crazy. Like crazy. Thank you so much to Tegan and Sarah once again for sitting down with us. Make sure you check out our new song with them. It's called Make Things Right. It's out now on Spinning Records. And we're going to play their On The Road selection. It's by Eric Hassel. It's called Think About It. It's a super cool tune. Check it out. You're listening to On The Road with Sultan and Ned Shepard. This girl has to love you first. So don't celebrate. She's over you in just a minute. leave you cause the space in my bed burns but somebody relieve me mm. this ride is something else that takes me off the game but this ride is something else Takes me off the game. This ride is on. 